Welcome to the Girlish Vigor Podcast, where five friends who are beautiful, smart, sad, mad, and occasionally want to punch someone in the face, but we don't, because, Jesus, discuss various topics on friendship, motherhood, singleness, postpartum bodies, and much more. If you need any of the links we discuss, check out the show notes at girlishvigor.com. Now, let's start the conversation. You guys, welcome back to the Girlish Vigor Podcast. We are so, so thankful that you're joining us today for our second episode. We are not a one-hit wonder. We are back for our second episode. Woo! Yeah! Yeah. That's right. That means we're we're pretty legit at this point. Um, Okay, so all five of us are here with you again today. Libby, Leslie, Cassie, and Jelly. All right, so today... We are talking about friendships today because they can be a little tricky in adulthood. Can I get an amen? Okay, so specifically friendships uh, through transitions in adulthood. So maybe it's um, from being teenagers to going into that adult adulthood, adult world. How do friendships change and how can we sometimes feel left out during all the transitions, things like motherhood, marriage, you know, post-college or just being teenagers to then adults, maybe moving away physically, um, like in a, to another state or just moving emotionally, like feeling distance grow between friends. So, yeah, we're just going to kind of chat about what it looks like to navigate those transitions, how to love each other well, how to respond when we don't love each other well, because I am positive that we have all experienced some type of transition or maybe it's not a transition but we just felt left out in a in a situation Mm -hmm. in a season we felt left out we felt like we were outcasts um and it's crazy because even as adults we struggle with feeling left out so we're just going to kind of chat about that because i think we don't talk about it enough and we just assume that we're the only ones feeling a certain way when really all of us struggle with insecurities in our friendships and the more we talk about it, the better we feel and the stronger our relationships get. So, yeah, yeah all of that yeah, being girl. said, mm-hmm. um, do any, just kind of off the top of your head, do any of those transitions stand out to you as, as ones that impacted your friendship the most positively or negatively? So any of those, tra- any of transitions or not transitions, just seasons of life. Dude, Yeah. <laughs> I feel like like all of them. them. Yeah, totally. And I feel like there's no, there's no black and white right answer, no right way to do any of them either. Um, I I felt it was really tricky going from um, even just post college, which to me that feels more like entering adulthood and friendships because in both high school and college. And I, I guess I, the reason I want to talk about just in general teenagers to adulthood is because not all of us went to college um, or maybe not all of our listeners, they, that season of life looked different to them. But just in general, that we have a season of life where we are in the same rhythms with our friends. So whether it's high school or college, we're seeing them often. Um, you know, we're going to class together, eating together, and it's our natural rhythms in life have us cross, cross paths often. And then all of a sudden we graduate or we move on to the next season and we're like, wait, why do I have no friends all of a sudden? 
why do I feel like nobody likes me? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, what did that look like? Let's see. For me, that would have been how many years ago? Four? I can't even remember. Um, You've been married for six years, Jelly. Oh, thanks, girl. Thanks, Lib. <laughs> when did you, Jelly? When did you? Did you? When? When did you graduate? Well, I did a victory lap, so 2012. I graduated from okay. college. Yeah. Okay. And yeah, I, got I feel married. like for me and for a few of us, um, graduating college and getting married kind of went hand in hand, and maybe also leaving town. I remember the conversation with one of my best friends who was also my roommate for two years when like I was about to get married and she was like, so do we not have sleepovers anymore? <laughs> it's like, I guess not. Like, I don't know. <laughs> and Ooh, yeah, because college was one big sleepover. Yeah. yeah. Totally. And it was, yeah, I just, I had, we had become like so used to living life together and she was one of the most gracious friends that went through transition well. Um, Cause she's so I'm married for six years with now four children and she is unmarried, still living on her own dating seriously. But like, so we have kind of continued to not be in the same stage of life. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know not all friendships go well as you change stages. So I, I think I was lucky. Totally. I'm like Libby and that, as soon as we, my my fiance at the time and I graduated college, we got married right away. Um, and I feel like there's just sort of this unspoken, like understanding that once your friend gets married, you like give them space or something, even though mm-hmm. nobody actually wants that. And so Seriously? I felt mm-hmm. like yes. nobody came around and it was just like, we had to reach hard and far to like get people to like want to be around us. Like, it's almost like they think we, and I'm sure I did this too, to my other like friends married before me and I didn't realize it, but um, I, yeah, it just took extra effort on our part to really intentionally put ourselves out there um, to continue like those friendships. And, and it's funny, Libby, like you said, like, do we still do their sleepovers? Like, yeah. <laughs> I remember times when like, I had some friends who wanted to come over and like stay the night and have an all nighter with me and like binge watch. And then like my husband's in the other room. Like it's, it's, it's just mm-hmm. different. It's different. Leslie, I think you were the first to get married of all of us. And yeah. I remember because I didn't know what it was like to be married. And I was like, well, I probably shouldn't text her because she's probably just having Have lots sex. of sex. <laughs> <laughs> That's so it's funny. Literally 24-7 sex now that you're married. This oh is what God. I envisioned. We were so we were so lonely that first year. Like we had each other and it's like a whole different like fun and excitement to like share this home together and start this new life. But it's like all of our people like dispersed. And and mm. now it's really just us. Like why? Why does it have to be this way? Um, so that was just really hard for all of us to navigate. Yeah, but I'm definitely, I'm one of the older ones of my friend, friend group. I graduated in 2010. Um, so y'all were still in college, skipping around, <laughs> longboarding around. Leslie, <laughs> something you said made me think of this. I feel like one of the, the, the uh, let's see, consistent factors in these transitions is that it can breed so much loneliness. Mm-hmm. Like, do you feel, do any of you guys think there was a certain time where you felt so lonely and maybe you had a friend like 
break into that and sort of help you realize like, no, actually you are loved. You do have people around you. Or how did you get out of that? What seasons did you feel the loneliest in? Just kind of speak to that if any of you have thoughts. So I can jump in on this one. Um, I was hoping my story is, Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're a big part of it, Libby. Oh. Um, <laughs> no, <laughs> you're like, I was hoping okay. you would talk great about me. No, <laughs> um, well, okay. So my story is a little bit different. Um, I ended up getting pregnant out of wedlock. Um, it was a week before my finals in my last semester. Um, and so then, you know, I graduated at the end of that month in December, 2011. And so there was a lot of things going on for me at this time. Um, I'll try to like keep it brief, but in general, like moving, I ended up moving back home with my parents, um, two hours away from my college town where all my friends were. And so number one, like moving back home with your parents after you graduate is the worst. I love my parents, but like it is the actual worst. Um, and then moving two hours away from all your friends back to a place where your friends growing up once were, but they all now have their own lives in like different cities. And you also are like pregnant and like by yourself. So um, it was the loneliest time of my life. Um, and Libby, after I had Will, my son, she came and like, helped me figure out how to give him a bath when he was like the tiniest infant. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will never forget that because it, I mean, it was such probably like a small thing to her, but to me it was like, this is the actual, like this means the world. Like th- there is nothing. It was just so powerful. So yeah, I mean, that was, that was just kind of like one way that like one of my friends like broke through and I don't even really think we were super close before that libs, but this was kind of like, we had just met like that year, I think. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And she came down and was like, just with me in my loneliest time. Like there was no, she didn't have to like, yeah. So it was just a, it was a cool moment for me to kind of, I feel like in this time I was also like redefining I had to redefine all my friendships and be like, okay, what does it actually mean to have good friends? And what yeah. is a good friend? And all these people that I thought were friends were like no longer my friends at all. So I was like, can you so, like yeah. speak to redefining like your, those friendships, like not just the choices you made, but the choices that were made for you because mm-hmm. of people's actions? Yeah. Good question. A lot of it seemed in the, in the beginning out of my control, even, um, because in a Christian community, or at least like the one that I was a part of, I, I don't even think this was necessarily like this particular Christian community that made me feel this way. It was probably more my own like issues, but feeling like, like I was always trying to be a certain kind of person to kind of fit in. And then, you know, once you get to be a senior and you're like mentoring girls and um, you kind of have some like leadership position and then something happens like this, um, it, it's almost like you don't have a choice. Like you're every, like everybody's respect for you is gone. So um, it makes me so mad, dude. I love you. (laughs) 
<laughs> love you. But um, so, but then part of it too is like after that, after that hump goes over, and you're like, okay, you're you've accepted that this is your your totally new life. You're living by your you know with your parents, like so humiliating, but like this is what it is. You're now like, okay, how do I? how do I choose the people that I want to be like a part of this with me? Like, how do I bring them in? How do I even serve them at this point? Like, yeah. So it, it, it everything that it seemed like everything that mattered before, like didn't matter anymore. Um, and only, only the people who um, I saw were actually like, really there for me no matter what I looked like or no matter if I was pregnant or not like those are the kind of people that I wanted to be like in my life so that was kind of the choice that I started to make at that point Sarah thanks for being so brave and sharing that and even just for I feel like I just remember this season and you handled it all so graciously and 100,000 million times better than I would have I would have punched so many people. So many faces. <laughs> All the faces would have been punched in. Dude, thanks um, for listening, you guys. Something you said made me think of, obviously, you had a significant event happen with, with having Will. But re- like either way, I think we all experience this kind of redefining ourselves. And like as we redefine ourselves, whether it's because of significant events or choices we make or things that happen to us or whatever, as we redefine ourselves, we redefine our friendships. Um, Mm -hmm. And and one thing I think we've talked a lot about amongst our group is this idea that as we get older, we realize it's not this like width that I want to have in my friendship where I have, I mean, listen, you guys, in my wedding party, I had about 58 bridesmaids. <laughs> it was the biggest wedding we've ever shot to this yeah. day. Yeah, Ben and Leslie, Leslie who just spoke, they own a photography company. Six-figure photography, holla! Science and, and um, creative. That, so, yes, that's what I meant. So <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Perfect. Um, they shot our wedding and we had, we. I mean, I feel like Ben had to get a new camera just to be able to get all of the people in one shot. I think that's a real thing. Um, anyway, and I love all of the bridesmaids and it's not, I'm not saying I regret anything. Like I love all of them still to this day. I'm just saying that we go through this, this sort of transition where we realize instead of having 68 friends that are maybe three inches deep or more surface level, what does it look like for me to have three to five or just a handful of friends that I'm really vulnerable with that I can actually have the capacity to love well, or at least make an effort to love well, because I definitely still have uh, places I need to grow in loving my friends well, but I just don't have the capacity to love that many people well when I have a a husband and a job and a daughter. Yeah, so I don't know if you guys have any, any thoughts on that. I know we've talked about it a lot in our group, but. I feel like this is a huge struggle for me. Um, And I feel like I could probably point to a lot of different roots of why it's a struggle. But, like, I just planned my kid's birthday party and the guest list was 60 people. And I literally had, like, anxiety about all the people I didn't invite. And I'm like, Libby, like, all these people do not like you as much as you like them. (laughs) There's just no way. 
so it's it's like hard for me to I don't know yeah narrow my focus um because like I do like to like invite and include but that doesn't mean that the depth is there or it doesn't mean that it's a reciprocal mm-hmm. friendship that's like the word I want to use but um I feel like ever since like the five of us have made much more of an effort to stay in touch and not just stay in touch, but be like real and not just ask the same old questions every few months, but really be in each other's day to day, even though we can't physically be in each other's day to day. That's really like shown me like, Oh, I'm actually good with just Mm -hmm. a few. Yeah. Um, I think it's also hard because I, I'm still in our college town, more or less, and um, it's weird to grow away, grow apart without moving away. Mm-hmm. Um, it's awkward, and yeah, and it's I mean, awkward it's even and natural. Helpful. Like it's yeah. even natural, I think, to to get distant, and that's why, like, I don't hold any bitterness, you know, towards the friends who were in BG who you know, didn't follow me down to Columbus, you know, it's like, of course, like, I, you know, I was telling Cassie the other day, like, um, it just, you know, at the time it was so dramatic and like overwhelming and like, I'm alone, you know, just, just so upset every day. But now it's like, you know, when I think back on it, I'm like, uh, it's, it's more than natural. Like, they all had their own lives, you know, just like I had my stuff going on. And, um, I, so I, I mean, I can't have expected them to all be, um, able to come down and like be my friend two hours away where they were living. But the fact that now we've been able to kind of come, you know, together and create this awesome group of friends that do connect, even though we live two hours away, like that, means the world to me because I'm like we don't have to but we do and that's amazing Mm -hmm. yeah and I want to like I think we mentioned this in the last episode but like three of us live within 15 minutes of each other and then two of us live within what 20 minutes of each other but you're two hours away from us so even the ones that live close to each other we don't see each other a lot necessarily um but we have like used our phones to deepen our friendships in a way that like completely shocks me. Like Mm -hmm. it's just, it's such, I just, every day I say to myself, this is not normal and I'm so thankful for it. (laughs) Does anyone remember how our group chat started? It was for Sarah's wedding. Initially it was the four of us because it, it started like trying to plan Sarah's, um, like what we were going to wear for our bridesmaids dresses. And then we hung out with you that weekend less. And so we're then right after her wedding, then you jumped onto the, um, the text too. Wow. So yeah. it's been going strong for like oh over a year. Yep. I love it. And then I feel like after I had a baby, and all of you had already had babies. And I, I was the mm. last one. This is Jelly talking. Oh, yes. I was the last one to have a baby. And so I started blowing these girls up at all hours mm. of the night. 
saying, mm-hmm. I think that I'm actually dying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, oh my because, gosh, that's like so true. Like, I feel, right? yeah, I feel like Mel being born really was like a catalyst in, in like the frequency that we, because t- we literally talk every day. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And I think another thing we've even just going off of that, one thing we've chatted about, which I think Cass, you can speak to, um, is just obviously vulnerability. This is huge. We're going to get into it more in other episodes, but but uh, my postpartum experience mm. is uh, what you guys having you guys having a text or a Marco Polo, which by the way, dear friends, if you don't have Marco Polo, you've got to do it. <laughs> I'm gonna give I'm gonna give a 10 second spiel. Ready? Here I go. Marco Polo is the first step forward in our human connection that social media has ever done. Okay, there we go. I'm done. Um, (laughs) Get it, get it, get it. Okay. So, yeah, having you guys that I was literally doing life with daily was a game changer for my postpartum experience. I don't know if I would have come out of it as healthy as I did or alive. I mean, I'm just going to say that. 100%, Jelly. And so Mel was born just three months or two months before the my twins. And mm. so Jelly and I were in the thick of it together. We would Snapchat at the time before Marco Polo. Yes. It would be like 2 a.m. And I would happen <laughs> to be up like, you know, rocking my baby while crying while you t- get on and you're like, oh, my God, I'm dying. I'm like, oh, my God, me too. But, <laughs> I'm just like imagining like the Snapchat with yes. like her face in a single tear. Yeah. Like, just kind of <laughs> <laughs> the single but it, tear. But it made, it helped me. It really helped me get through it. It was everything, mm. Jelly. Like, I don't think you realize like it really was everything. You and you and Ricky both helped mm. me through that. Um because those are deep. I mean, again, we can get into this on another episode, but um, postpartum, man, that rocked yes. my world. I mean, yeah. we used to, and like, think of like before when we lived in villages and were more primal. Right. You you never raised babies alone, mm-hmm. ever, ever, ever. You didn't go one single day without seeing another woman who knew exactly what you were experiencing. And now we try to do it alone, and we feel bad when we can't. Yeah, it's, it's insane. Nice. Yeah. Um, so I never made this connection until tonight as we we're talking about this, but I think as far as like local friends, I think I was the last to have babies at that time because Jill lived in Florida for a period. So when I had my first um, son, Oliver, she was actually gone. Um, and so I already felt this disconnect from all my friends here because they were in the thick of motherhood and were trying to figure it out. And I was starting a business at the time. Um, so I had for a while felt like I did not have friends. Like there were times when I was like, should we be starting a business in Bowling Green? I have no people here. Mm -hmm. Um, and then we had a baby and I just went down this deep hole of postpartum depression. I didn't even know what it was. Like no one had even talked to me about postpartum depression. And um, when I talked to like a few people about it, as I was experiencing it, they were just like, oh, weird. Like I never experienced that. So I was like, shoot. Um, But the more that I did like, search out people and like talk the more I realized that it was actually like a pretty common thing but nobody talks about it I was like what the heck like why did nobody warn me about this Mm, um 
so that I feel like it was like well over a year before I started to like want to leave my house and not feel like I was just failing in everything. Um, and then I had Lainey eight and a half months ago. So we were like well into this little powwow. Um, and I know part of it was just like knowing what to expect this time around, but I definitely know that having you guys kept me from going down that dark path again. Mm-hmm. Um, there were so many days that I can specifically remember like just texting you guys and saying that like, I don't know what's wrong. I just feel so sad. I feel like I can't handle this. And having you guys coach me through my emotions was such a game changer for me. Mm-hmm. And I love that, too, because it's not like, you know, it's not like we're all over here reading books on, like, coaching people through emotions. But it's just because, you know, if somebody's sitting there saying, like, I hear you and I'm with you in it, Mm -hmm. that is, I mean, that's all you, I mean, what do you think, Cassie? Like, totally. It's not like you necessarily had like directions for me (laughs) on what to do um but just feeling in those moments I mean yeah at first like you're figuring everything out I don't even know how long it was until I like left the house um and so just feeling like I wasn't completely isolated from the world was so helpful um being in contact with you guys daily and yeah, just feeling heard. And also, like, I honestly feel like there's moments where you're like, am I actually going crazy? Uh-huh. And so right. to have, like, all of you saying, like, I, it makes 100% sense that you think you are, but you're not. And mm-hmm. you, you will be normal again. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Well, let's yeah. not get into sleep deprivation, but <laughs> that does really mess with our sanity. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Dude, totally. To have people that, whether it's motherhood or marriage or whatever, um, or starting a business or trying to keep a business afloat, like to have to have sisters, other women in your life that you can say, I feel like I'm going crazy. Mm-hmm. And number one, they don't judge you. And they say, I value that you, or I value your words and I respect what you're saying, but I just want you to know you're not going crazy, but you're welcome to say all the crazy things. That's the other thing, you guys. Mm-hmm. I said so, so many atrocities came out of my mouth during those first three to six months when I was sleeping like 20 minutes a day. Mm-hmm. And you guys, you let me, there's this, I mean, not to get all like, you know, Jesus-y on us, but in in the book of Job, he talks about words of the wind, and he says, "Do not be nitpicky with my speech when I am, um, amen. When I'm discouraged, and so many times we're nitpicky with people's speech when really we just gotta let them like vent a little bit. And it's mm-hmm. it's man, you guys were so so helpful in not saying like." <clears throat> okay, Jelly, I know that you haven't slept in a hundred years, but like, don't say things like you want to throw a chair against the wall or you want to run away for a hundred years. Like, like you just let me, you just let me speak freely and I could, I could get the emotions out Mm -hmm. and they were able to exit me fully. 
And it's when we think we just have to keep it all pent up. And then when we finally say something and somebody rebukes us for, for not having enough faith or something, that's when we actually are in trouble. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I wanted I, to say, um, oh, sorry. I wanted no, to no, say that ahead. the person I am married to, he is so, um, he values honesty and he is very black and white on everything. So if I say crazy stuff, he assumes that it is real and it is truth. <laughs> and so there are so many times that I say things and he's like, what really? Like, is that, and I'm just like, no, just let me talk crazy for a little bit. <laughs> but that's just not, it's just not how he is. Yeah. And so it's so helpful to have girlfriends that can like, let me say crazy stuff. Um, I actually like a couple of my other girlfriends, I remember one time I was having tea with them saying crazy stuff about how I was feeling about something. And she's, they were like, yep, mm -hmm. don't repeat that to anyone. But yes, (laughs) you do in fact sound insane. Um, (laughs) But like, I feel like this, the something special that we have here that I want for other women listening is that you guys are able to, um, hear the crazy emotions um, and the words we may regret later and you can have grace, but then you can also push back and say, are you really doing okay? Mm. Are you healthy? Cause there's, cause I know like Sarah, you're really good at this um, probably cause you're like a professional counselor. Um, but like to say like, yeah, I totally understand why you feel that way but I want to make sure you're still making the healthiest choices for you. Um, I feel like for me and for being a foster mom, like every day is an actual, it's more of a choice than with biological kids. I feel like, um, because I I could have not said yes to these boys um, and to have friends that are willing to ask the hard questions and then also ride the emotions with you. That's just like, that's just so rare. So, Mm -hmm. so rare. Totally. Yeah, that's such a good point, Libby. Being able to to let someone speak whatever truth feels true at the moment and then also knowing knowing their heart well enough and knowing like here's what I hear you saying, but mm-hmm. like maybe this was a red flag and maybe it wasn't. And just I don't know, I feel like really knowing someone like helps with that. Oh totally, yeah. You know. Yeah. And then the harder because, questions, the more hard questions that you ask, the more you get to know that person. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also, like, I I can hear that kind of thing from you guys and, like, uh, listen to questions like that and respond well because you're my friends and because you know my heart. But, like, if other people try to say those mm-hmm. things to me, I'd be like, hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I don't know me at all, so, <laughs> so I yeah. do feel like there has to be a level of um, uh, almost even like intimacy or uh, real connection between people before you can ask those questions. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I wanted to say, I don't think, I think if I was listening to this podcast even two to three years ago, I would have thought, like, I don't have friendships like this, and I don't know how to get them because I don't feel like I'm that type of person. 
Um, so just for anyone who's listening, who's like, well, they're the lucky ones. Um, mm. I think that friendships can grow and you can grow as a person. Mm-hmm. Um, we've even talked recently about how like we can think of times in our lives where like we were the crappy friend mm. in this scenario, you know, like I feel like I, since I got married right out of college, I went through a period where I was just like in my own little world and I, I mean, recently, Jelly and I were talking, and I was like, I didn't come to your bachelorette party because I was in a stupid, like, petty fight with my fiancé, and um, I really regret that. Like, I'm sorry I wasn't there for you. Mm. Um, So I feel like, yeah, you can grow, and I remember at one point thinking, like, man, Libby shows up for everything. Like, Mm -hmm. she never cancels last minute, and thinking I want to be more like that, Mm -hmm. because I'm kind of a flaky person sometimes. Yeah. Um, I think there's so much room for growth, and um, yeah, I think it's going to be, even now, continues to be a fumbling forward of us noticing our faults and laying them out and apologizing and just extending grace to one another. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. All the snapping fingers for that, Cassie. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yes. Yeah. I think I also want to add something really quick to that. Um, for me, a big part of my journey was like learning about boundaries um, and also like what types of people um I, I should be getting close to um, because I've always been the kind of person that just like want to open up my freaking whole heart to everybody. And I want to like save all the people who are hurting and yes. I want to like to the point of my own destruction, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so part of my journey is um, and has been learning about not only like which people are safe um, to build those friendships with, but also like what do my personal boundaries look like in building those friendships and how do I respect myself enough um, to even offer up a whole person um, to even offer up myself as a whole person to be a friend. Um, I feel like that's a whole other podcast, but um, I felt like it was important to add. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And I honestly feel like we could just talk about friendship and there's so many layers, so many layers. Um, I think if, if, if I were to leave all you beautiful listeners with one challenge, it's, it's that vulnerability, it, it makes people lean in. And so if you're feeling like Cassie said, cause I think that's huge. I do think that one of the reasons we started this pos- podcast is because we recognized that what we had with each other was unique and was rare. And we wanted to share that with everyone. And so that being said, we recognize that maybe you are listening to this and you feel like, okay, well, you're the lucky ones, like Cassie said, but I don't know how to do this. And, and my challenge for you is I know it's terrifying and we'll, we will get into vulnerability more, but for one vulnerability is courage and strength, not weakness. And what is one small Mm -hmm. step that you can take towards a woman who, who maybe you have a hashtag girl crush on, um, or, um, just someone that you think maybe you, you have things in common, or maybe it's a girl at work or at church. So what's one, um, what's one vulnerable step that you can take towards someone? It could even just be, 
you know, a Facebook message or can we get coffee or literally anything. Um, I don't know if, if any of the other ladies have any thoughts on that kind of challenge, but. Yeah, I, this is Libby talking and I need to claim that it's me so that everyone knows how embarrassing I am. Um, <laughs> I have like on countless occasions gone up to somebody and said, I have a girl crush on you yeah. and I want to be your friend. And it has literally never gone poorly. Like, oh, Libby, this is why we all love you so much. Like, I've never, as far as I can tell, actually scared anyone away. <laughs> so, like, just be brave because mm. it's, even if it doesn't go well, then, okay, there's a lot of other people you can be friends with. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, and I actually... So that's talking about embarrassing things I've said to people's faces. But one time I was trying to reach out to a friend and like trying to hang out a few different times. And, you know, she was busy a lot or had reasons she couldn't hang out. And finally, I just said, you know, do you feel like you are kind of at capacity with friendships? And you, you know, in your life, do you feel like you don't have space for another? And she was honest with me. She's like, I kind of do. Like, I kind of feel like I'm at capacity. And I'm like, cool. Like, that's thank you for being honest because I was like thought that it could be a friendship worth pursuing and it it's not that it's not worth pursuing it's that it's not the season for it and that's okay mm-hmm. absolutely that's that's so good Libs thank you all right bigger sisters let's dig for some gold what was a moment let's see I'm gonna I'm gonna pick on Leslie Leslie what was a moment where you dug for gold maybe it was today maybe it's something you're seeing over time just in your life what is some gold that you're seeing in this girlish vigor life that you're leading? I have had a really hard time with body image for a super, super long time. And the craziest thing about body image is uh, I feel the best about the way I look and who I am now after having twins and a three after having three kids with my like crazy saggy belly. Um, than I did when I was 125 pounds in bulimic, you know, obviously bulimia sucks, but, uh, like I feel like I'm starting to like love my body. That is the best. Dude, that's like the best thing you could ever say, say in your life. That, but that is some badass vigor right there. Cause it's it not is. necessarily like an end of the day thing. It's like been developing over the last like few months. Which is uh, like a month, a few months compared to like the years that I've gone torturing myself. I have chills all over my body. I love this, especially because girlish vigor is a playoff of girlish figure, and you're just like punching it in the vagina. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Um, So, yeah, listen. Our girlish vigor value of this week is that it's not weakness that we need each other. It's our strength and we're stronger together and let's be vulnerable and pursue those friendships, even through tough seasons or transitions. Um, We're just so much stronger together. Hey, we are so thankful that you hung out with us for this episode. Check back in next week for another episode. Super excited about it. And please feel free. We do. We really think that there are so many layers to talk about with friendship. If, if there's anything that you think we 
we missed or that you'd love to talk about with us? Um, maybe areas that that really were hurtful to you in friendships um, or areas that you think like, hey, my friends and I, this is how we love each other super well. And you guys didn't really touch on that. Like we would love to hear whatever it is came, popped up in your mind about friendship during this episode. Send us a DM on Instagram. We'd really love to hear from you. Um, check us out on Instagram and Facebook. We are so thankful for you all and we will hang out with you again next week. Thanks.